Hey, Oomphies! Welcome to Oomphcast, the podcast where I, Quasi Matt, talk to my ooms. And today we're here with Ramona on Twitter. What? Wait, what is your Twitter? <laughs> At Honeydew LaCroix. At Honeydew LaCroix. Welcome to the podcast, Ramona. How's it going? Uh, thank you, Quasi Matt. I'm doing <laughs> well. Uh, it's a beautiful Saturday here in New York City. Absolutely love that. Oh, it's like a normal time for you. Wait, it's like nice out for you right now. It's like what, 2 p.m. there? Yeah, literally 2 p.m. I feel like I'm robbing you of your like, (laughs) of your like nice weather Saturdays. So sad. No, I was already outside and I'm going to the park this afternoon after this. So, okay. At least you have one fun thing on the plate for today. (laughs) So, this is fun. So you like I, this is I want to start here. You like just got braces. What yesterday? Yeah, yesterday Did, afternoon. Okay, I remember when I first got. Bra- Wait, you've had braces before though, right? Yes, when I was a teenager. Okay, yeah, because I remember when I got them as a teenager, it like fucked up my speech for a while. Are you like experiencing that? Yeah, I kind of feel. I don't know. It's just like it's very present in your mouth, so you're like very conscious of like. Like, it feels like your mouth is too big, if that makes sense. But, like, it can't fit. So I feel like I have to, like, over-enunciate or something. I don't know. Yeah, true. I always remember, like, I feel like your mouth, yeah. Like, it feels like you constantly have something in, well, I mean, you literally do constantly have something in your mouth. Like, that's, <laughs> that's why it feels like that. But I remember when I got them off, I would, like, run my... Like, I was obsessed with, like, licking my teeth, basically. Yes, literally. Like I remember sensation. the... Yeah, you're like, oh, there's so much room. Like, oh, wow. Like, yeah. So, it'll be cute. I think this is, like, I'm a more fashionable braces haver this time. I feel like the first time it was very, like, I'm in my 14-year-old... Um, era where I like don't know how to dress myself and yeah, I'm going through puberty. Yeah, make it work, yeah. Because do yeah. You, I know you posted a picture, do you have like color on them? Because like you can get those colored rubber bands, but I think you maybe didn't have any. It was just like metallic. Yeah, I just started with the silver ones because I was like, oh, like I just want to like, I feel like those, like the color ones, like I'm like 26, like I feel like they make me look like childish in a way like I don't like. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, like because they change them every time, so, like, next time I might just go for pink, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, just, like, you can switch, switch it, it up. up. You can you can make it fashion, yeah. Because you posted that, your, like, braces reveal pic, and... <laughs> Literally. Like, you, were, you, you were truly queering it because you have, like, the librarian glasses, which I'm obsessed with, and, like, <laughs> the, with the braces combo, I was like, okay, period. Like, this is an area... Era. Not an area. Like, literally, I'm in my braces librarian era. Like, I didn't even realize that the chain... Because, like, basically, the old chain I had, it got kind of dirty. Um, so I took it off because I was like, I don't know how to clean this. Like, ew. Um, so then I put on this other one that I got. That's, like... The old one was more of, a, like, a real chain. This one's, like, a chain, but with, like, beads. Um, and because it's, like, black and white and, like, silver, it matches my braces, which are, like, literally black, white, and silver um work it's very exciting it's like so fashion like you're accessorizing in ways that like some of these people can't even dream of really (laughs) it's like the old and the new like braces are like a very like oh i'm like 12 
and then the librarian glasses are very like oh, i'm like 50 yes it's like a commentary on the liminality of age or like the construct of age literally we are every age that we will ever be right now so true. and also no age time is fake it's literally fake. literally everyone write this down Wait, so where where are in New York are you right now? Your apartment in Bedside? Uh Brooklyn and Bedside, yeah. Love that. Where else have you lived in New York? I feel like we've talked about this maybe, but Literally just Bedside. When I first moved here, I lived in Glendale in Queens and like this horrible apartment. Wait, literally uh, where is Glendale? Cuz like I lived in Queens. Wait, literally. I don't know where Glendale is. Is it outer? Or do I yeah, just... it's like past Ridgewood and like next oh. to all the cemeteries. Um, oh, like you this, take like... the M to get the, like, is it like the last stop on the M or something? No, or it was like, like I had seven. to walk 20 minutes to the Halsey stop on the L. Oh, fuck. like it's further south. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Like right like... next to the cemetery. Yeah. The big like, one. Like right there. Okay, it was yeah. like a pretty horrible place for like not. If other people enjoy living there, totally get it. For me, it was horrible. But it was also, like, I was trying to get to New York in whatever way I could. And so I was, like, I literally don't care what neighborhood I live in. Like, I just need to be in the city. And, like, once I'm in the city, I can, like, find somewhere I actually want to live. Um, and so I was just, like, on these, like, Facebook groups in 2017, which, like, searching, like, just trolling them or trawling, I guess. For, like, the right, like, I don't know. It's just, like, it was, like, 700 bucks. It's, like, very affordable for New York. And I was, like, okay, yeah, I'll sell that for two months and then, like, find somewhere else. And, like, it was just, like, horrible. Like, there was this guy who would smoke in his room all day. Like, your roommate or just someone he, in your complex? No, a roommate. His room was right next to mine. He would, like, oh, smoke shit. in his room all the time and, like, watch, um, like, he'll, he would watch movies really loud at, like, 1 a.m. while I was like sleeping. Um, and then he'd empty his ashtray in the bathroom sink. What the hell? It was demonic. I was like, what is going on? Like, and he wouldn't even like, he would just dump it. Like, he wouldn't like try to put it down the drain or like, I don't know, put it in a trash bag. Like, it was like insanity. What? That's awful because also, I mean, okay, wait, I haven't decided if this is praxis or not, but like, I think it's kind of weird how like some people seem to be invested in like making sure that what they're doing with their pipes and shit is like good and sustainable because to me if it's like i'm gonna live somewhere for a year or less or even maybe two or three years like i don't give a fuck about the long-term status of like the plumbing so like because my initial oh. reaction was to be like oh my god he was gonna <laughs> clog the pipes but then i was like wait who who cares like <laughs> it literally doesn't matter i didn't even think about that i was just like a dumb little 23 year old i was like whatever like <laughs> well i mean yeah i feel like the most important thing is that it's like disgusting <laughs> like, yeah i would just like go into like brush my teeth literally and you just be like first of all why aren't you smoking on the porch we have because we live in queens second of all like put this in a trash bag like what like it was just so baffling to me um so i was very happy to move out of that place yeah and then you went right from there to to bedside Mm-hmm. oh so that's actually you've been there since 2017 and you've only lived in two different places that's actually good because i feel like people like tend to move around a lot in like an annoying way at least for me it felt a little bit annoying to because i moved i mean i guess i only had one significant move but i just feel like my housing situation in new york was always like really precarious and obnoxious yeah i think 
Well, so, like, I lived in the next place for two years. And then last year, I moved into another apartment that was, like, right on the... It was, like, right on Atlantic. It was very loud. Oh. Horrible. Don't recommend. Um, and, like, it was just, like, awful. And, like, the landlord really, like, screwed us over. Um, so I had to move again um, after six months. But the current place I live, I'm, like, in love with. Um, and I don't ever want to leave. So... And I'm, like, friends with my neighbors and stuff. And, like, oh, that's so we have, beautiful. like, it's literally amazing. Like, we have, like, little fire things in the backyard. And, like, it's just, like, a fun time. Wait, yeah. My neighbors, when I was in um, Astoria, like, my neighbors would sometimes have their friends over for bonfires. And I would be, like, what the hell? Like, this just doesn't, this doesn't even seem like a New York feasible activity like this they would actually play like cornhole like the thing where you toss the like oh my god i was like (laughs) i am at like a midwestern frat party right now and we are okay the way that you just said beanbag was so minnesotan was it really yeah you said beanbag beanbag sorry i'm from minnesota (laughs) can't hide it no no need to apologize (laughs) like i'm very tickled it reminds me of my like uh, family members, shout out to my family members from Minnesota. Oh my god, shout out. Wait, who, which of your family members are in, I know, I think your dad is in Minnesota, you said? Yeah, my dad's in Minnesota, and like everyone else, except for my mom. Like, everyone. There's like, I have like a relative in South Dakota, and a relative in California, and like that's it. Everyone else is in Minnesota. Oh, okay. Love it, love those Minnesota roots, and that's so, wait, wait, did you grow up completely, entirely in Minnesota? No, absolutely okay. not. Um, yeah, yeah. I was like, I feel like you're not like from Minnesota. <laughs> and no, we talked about this before. Um, Sorry, I like forgot, but no, I'm like always talking about that. I'm from Pittsburgh. Oh um, yeah, duh. Okay, I knew this. Shout out to my younger babes. Um, and then my dad moved to Minnesota when I was younger, and then I started spending summers in Minnesota. So I'm kind of like mostly Pittsburgh, some Minnesota, but like because my family, like my mom is from Iowa, so like I feel like I really inherited like, their Midwestern traits, but also, like, um, to clear the record, Pittsburgh is not in the Midwest, and I grew up in a place that was not the Midwest, so, like, I kind of, I don't know, I feel like half and half, like, yeah, that, yeah. like, energy. Wait, so your dad is from Minnesota and your mom is from Iowa? Yeah. Oh, I was, I was about to say that it, it was the same for me, but reverse, but then I remembered that my mom is actually from Illinois, but I just forgot. But, so basically the same. They both yeah, have the letter I. I mean, they're all the same. They're literally all the same. Like I, <laughs> like Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, like the Dakota. Upper Midwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're they're literally all the same. Like I could rank them, but like they're the same thing. Like the only. The I think only, Minnesota is like the best one out of that group. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm obviously biased because I'm from Minnesota, but like I do feel like Minneapolis is a bit popping. Like. It's no Chicago, obviously, um, but it has. Some I don't shit like going Chicago. On. Oh, really? Can I say that? Mm. I don't like, no. Wait, why? It's just like it freaks. Like, okay, I do it love Minneapolis. Freaks me out. Is that what you're? It freaks say? me out. Like when I was there, I was there, and I was like, okay, it's like a big city, and like my reference for like big cities is like Philly. So I'm like, in Philly, there's like buildings, but the streets were not made for cars, so everything is, like, very close together, which I mm. find very comforting. Yeah, It's, like, a very tight hug. And then Chicago, the streets are so wide. I was like, why is everything so spread out? Like, this is freaking me out. Like, and the people, like, 
I don't know. I like my people like rude, like not rude, but like I like being to the point. I find that also comforting because it's like, let's all be direct. Yeah, yeah. No unnecessary niceness. Like, um, it feels like you can have some like anonymity, I feel like too. Because when everyone like is trying to be your friend, it makes it, I don't know. Like to me, I feel like I have to, I owe them something. Like there's this like social contract, like, oh, we all owe each other this certain behavior. And I'm like, no, I don't want to owe anyone anything. So, yeah. Like, I, yeah. What were we going to say though? Sorry. No, you go. Oh, um, like I went to Minnesota a few years ago for Christmas and I went to like Starbucks or whatever. And I had since become habituated back to like, you know, hello, this is what I want. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. And then you're done. Like it's like polite, but not, there's no, there's no fluff. There's no frill. And then yeah. in Minnesota, like I did that and I could feel, I felt like something was wrong. Like I felt like the barista like waiting for like that embellishment and I like didn't give it and so I was like maybe did I just come across as rude like because like I don't want to seem rude to like baristas like they already get too much um crap out yeah, of like, this but then the moment passed so whatever you're covered it's whatever but I want to talk about Literally. I want to talk about um wait what is that Pittsburgh what does Yinzer mean um, so a yenzer is like so there's this um specific dialect to the western Pennsylvania region that like you will not find anywhere else in the US. And it's like people who use it are called yenzers, and that's because the word so like how people in Philly will like use um use instead of you all, they'll say use, like oh, use guys yeah, or yeah. something like that. So in Pittsburgh it's yen. Like how Yen's doing today, or something Wait, like that. Wait, people actually say that. Yeah, they're called Yen. People who have that accent are Yenzers. Um, it's more. That's not an like... accent. That's like a whole like. No, it is. <laughs> like they like it's a whole thing. Like Yenzers is just the like the the most common word that's been taken out of it. But like, there's like a whole accent, and like, you know, like um, when you say you're gonna like red up something, that means like clean. Like there's like a whole like taxonomy of this. Oh, damn. I, like, literally didn't know this at all. Like, I only, my only experience in Pennsylvania has been, like, going to Philly and then seeing Charlie XCX and Pete Buttigieg, like, in, within 24 hours. And, like, <laughs> hanging out with Amish people and, like, buying bread from them. Like, that's literally, okay, that's, or, like, that's, like, all that's Pennsylvania. That's, like, the Pennsylvania experience. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Pennsylvania is a very weird state because it has so many people. Like, it has 12 million people, but, like, I don't know, I just feel like there's, like, a lot going on in Pennsylvania, and, like, I don't know. Yeah, the part kind of... I'm from, like, I didn't necessarily want to, like, stay, so. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like Pennsylvania has, like, a huge, like, there. It, it's super rural for, like, most of it, but then it has, like, Philly. And, yeah. And, Phil- and um, <laughs> I was about to say Philly and Philadelphia, but, and, um, <laughs> you're like, what's the other one? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I mean, kind of like, I've never been to Pittsburgh. I just don't know anything about it, but just randomly, the only thing I really know about Pittsburgh is that they like have the university of Pittsburgh or some, like some college in, uni- in Pittsburgh has like a really good philosophy department. That's like, the only thing I know about it. And it's either, it's probably either Pitt or CMU. Oh yeah, which it's, is Carnegie it's, Mellon. Yeah, yeah, Carnegie Mellon. I know yeah. they have like a lot of good shit, but um, well, they get a lot of money from uh, defense contractors. Shout out yes. to you guys. 
work with those defense contractors because it's like they have their engineering department and then they have like a really good theater department and then it's like everyone else oh yeah i i always hear about their engineering program like i know a few people who like did the engineering program there but yeah there are people in my high school who like went to cmu love it um yeah i love that for them wait let's cover i feel like we should for the context do the how are we oomphs story Oh, okay. So, oh, yes. Okay. This will be like similar. This is basically the same. Well, actually, no. So, I mean, maybe you try because I don't actually really know. I kind of know. Um. Well, I literally like don't remember. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, w- I was going to say, I feel like this is one that we like, we're not going to know because like we just have like, like we were DMing a million... on Twitter. Well, well, yeah. This is how we like met in real life is because we were ooms on Twitter. Yeah. Right. Oh, you mean like how we originally became? Yeah, how we like, how oh, we originally girl, became because at first I was gonna say that it was probably the same route as Damien, but now that I think about it, I feel like that's not true. No, because when I listened, Damien said like he knew you guys have a mutual yeah friend like, or something. You know, you know, um, Isa, right or no? Yeah, I know Isa. Yeah, and then Isa knows Issa. someone that went to high school with me, but I feel like that's not how um... how you and I actually became. Oops. Honestly, I probably I was in my like following like random people era, so like I probably just saw that you followed a lot of people. Like we just had a lot of mood. Yeah, that's how it, and I was like, okay, we're yeah. I also do that. Like if I encounter someone who I have like forty mutuals with, I'll just follow them. Like if they if they interact with my stuff, like I'll just be like, yeah, yeah. I could literally favorite and then one if of I my like tweets, and I'll be like, okay. <laughs> literally and then if i like don't like them i'll just mute them <laughs> oh i unfollow i do not use the mute feature i refuse to use it i think it's like it's not praxis like just just unfollow that's okay can that's i tell you I something yeah. i like pretty much agree with you but then i started like people started unfollowing me back and i was like wait i don't want you to do that like i want the attention <laughs> like which is like I'm being very vulnerable, hashtag, like, vulnerable right now and, like, sharing my truth. Like, that makes me feel very, like, I'm, like, wait, I, like, want, like, I draw some validation from, like, people following me on Twitter. But then I'm also, like, okay, like, don't throw stones in glass houses. If you unfollow someone, they have every right to unfollow you back. Like, I recently went on an unfollowing spree and then people, like, noticed and unfollowed me back. Yeah. My, my thing is, like, I truly want to... Like, I don't want to have, like, one-way, relation- like, relationships with people. Like, I feel like it's weird. But also, like, if you follow, like, 2,000 people or something, you literally just can't keep up with anything that's going on. So it's, like, really annoying. Because, like, you can't follow, like, ev- like, everyone that you want to. So, I don't know. I always feel, yeah. like, super... I mean, like, I on one hand, it's really, really not that deep. But on the other hand, I'm, like... I don't know. It feels, like, really gross to me to, like... I don't know, especially if people, like, interact with me and then I don't follow them back, I just follow them because I'm, like, okay, I feel, I literally feel awkward if you, like, interact with me and I don't follow you. <laughs> like, I could never, like, have reply guys or whatever that I, like, don't follow back. Oh, yeah, I feel like I don't really have those. No, I don't either. I'm saying, like, that is, like, a weird phenomenon to me. Like, I wouldn't know how to deal with that. If that started happening to me, I'd just be, like, oh. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to deal. I think I would just, like, I don't know. I I just follow back. Like, I'm just like, here I go. Whatever. (laughs) 
So, but uh, it's like weird because I'm like sometimes I'm like oh you should like spend way less time on Twitter and like delete it and like I might work last summer I was on like my little screen time thing that came out every week it was like you were on your phone 12 hours a day and I was like that is a problem like literally get like literally spell pharaoh like <laughs> what does FCC do like so then I cut down and now I'm at like four or five hours a day which I think is good but like sometimes I'm like oh I should delete Twitter I spend too much time on it and then I'm like I've actually made, like, so many friends through Twitter. It's kind of crazy, like... Yeah, I know. I I, don't know. Sometimes I'm like, okay, yeah, like, Twitter is becoming, like, a bit much at certain points. But then usually I find that I don't need to, like, stop myself from using the app. I just have to stop, like, scrolling through it. Because, they're like, I have, like, week-long periods where I don't actually read any tweets. (laughs) I just tweet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is like really like annoying but no that's like, all the theme like i don't read it because actually someone recently asked me like hey do you know how you can like send tweets without actually using the twitter app like is there a way that you can like text a tweet to a number because this definitely used to be a thing you know like you could text a tweet to a number and then it would tweet off of your account so then you could like never actually use the twitter app but you could still like push it out there but now that no oh, longer I didn't exists, know about that. yeah, oh. like back when you could like Twitter do loves ruining. Yeah, back when you could like do everything by like texting because like not even everyone had a smartphone, so they had to like make everything accessible oh, via SMS. Yeah, they right. had that feature, but then now they like definitely don't because <laughs> well, like they not love necessary. To, like, similar to like the people who run and own Tumblr, which I used to be on. <laughs> Shout out to my Tumblr rooms. Um, they like love to ruin things about the website not as bad like tumblr really hated their user their user base like they would like just ruin the website twitter just like doesn't improve yeah although i think kind of the beauty of twitter is that it's so simple and that it like doesn't change that much because i honestly sometimes i'm like okay i wish that like we didn't have all these features because I I truly think that the beauty of Twitter is its simplicity. It's so immediate. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't know, but yeah, they definitely like update things that are, that I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Well, like how they like, they did something recently with, um, well, like when they nuked the replies, so you can't see ratios anymore. And like, um, I mean, you can still see ratios, but they like changed how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember being like, listen, if someone got a ratio, like, they honestly probably deserved it. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a ratio where I like, I'm like, oh no, this is like a good tweet. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's always justified. Like, there's a reason that people are responding to this but not actually liking it. <laughs> yeah, they but, are like, valid for doing that. Literally, we are all valid. Like, everyone's valid. It's literally true. It's literally true. Um, let's talk about when you were in your Minnesota era. So when you were, wait, did we actually figure out how we were oomphs? No. Oh, no, no, no. But, but that's like, that's the beauty of oomphry is that it often just like pops up out of nowhere. Like. Yeah. And then you get like a beautiful friendship out of it. Exactly. Because I agree with you that like, you were saying that you've actually made a lot of friends on Twitter and like, same, like, I feel like a lot of things in my life, like literally went differently because of Twitter. Like. Twitter to like help me when I was job searching. Like 
I got rid of all my shit when I moved off of Twitter. Like I, I've sold shit on Twitter. Like I've made hella <laughs> friends on Twitter. I've like heard about events yeah. on Twitter. Like it's kind of crazy. Literally. And like, I, what I really treasure about it too, is like, I've reconnected with a lot of people who like, like I was not friends with Damien in college, but we like reconnected through Twitter and like, similar, like I, one of my um friends on Twitter, I've known since, we were like in kindergarten and we like reconnected through Twitter, which is like really beautiful. Yes. Um, because yeah. it's just like people that followed you in like fucking 2011 or something. And then you're like, oh yeah, you do still exist. <laughs> Literally like from like 2009 when we first got Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Just kidding. I didn't have an iPhone until like 2014. But oh, actually when we talk about your, um, your Minnesota era, then we can, we can wrap that into how it is that we actually like hung out because I mean, okay. Yeah. 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 So let's start with Minnesota. So you go to Minnesota for school period. Yeah. I went to, so like after I not only spent summers in Minnesota, I also went to college in Minnesota, um, which is like cute. I would never live there again. I don't think like it's like the winters are so horrible. Yeah. I know. It's like six months of the year. You like can't go outside. Like, Literally from October to, like, April. Yeah, that's fucked. Like... I would never live there. My freshman year of college, it was, like, the third coldest winter in Minnesota's history. It was, like... Like, I went... I went back to Pennsylvania, and I remember when I was, like, flying back, like, going to the airport, there still weren't, like, leaves on the trees, and it was, like, mid-May. And it was, like, so... It was, like, 50 degrees. It was, like, so cold. Yeah. It's a nightmare. Really, you were were in um where wait where is the McAllister campus actually? It's like in St. Paul, like in St. Paul, yeah. So it's like Um, but it's like like a walkable urbany area. No, not even like I remember like I toured once summer before my senior year, and then I like had gone to Philadelphia a few times, and then like I got to campus and I was like, wait, I thought that like I was made. I was led to believe that we were in an urban setting, but this just feels like half urban because like it is on a really busy street, but like, I don't know, like block, like blocks in the Midwest, like, like, yeah, it's walkable, but there's like nothing on the street to walk to. Like there is like, there are stores and stuff, but like there's like just huge swaths that are just like purely residential and like, it's like, maybe like single use housing so like it's like more spread out than like new york yeah um i think i've actually been to the McAllister campus before and it's like pretty much surrounded by like residential stuff i thought yeah like there's like i mean like there's like businesses like near the college of course because like the college basically supports those businesses um right but there's only like 2,000 students so like it's not like crazy it's just like there's like um breadsmith which is like a bakery that has really good bread and like I don't know there's like a few other little businesses and like restaurants um but it's a moment like I had a I had a good time yeah I feel like it's uh McAllister at least growing up relatively close to there it has a reputation for having like a bunch of rich students that's like what i always heard about it but i feel like is that even accurate because since like no it's very accurate oh okay never mind 
<laughs> yeah, say, and like, I feel like it has like a very like liberal arts. Well, I guess maybe a bunch of rich people go to like, most liberal arts schools. schools yeah. Are like very wealthy. Yeah, um, I think the figure when I was a senior was like twenty five percent of students don't receive financial aid, um, which I'm like kind of okay with because like they paid for me to go to college like yeah literally yeah (laughs) like they like i got to go abroad because the people who pay full tuition like that's kind of queer praxis like um (laughs) on behalf but also like it was really alienating when i was on campus like as a freshman i was like oh my god this is like a level of wealth like people who can afford fifty thousand dollars a year for college like that is more than both of my parents make like that is like combined like that's crazy so like it was just like really hard, but by the time I was a senior, I was like vibing, I was having a good time. <laughs> vibing at McAllister, love that. Uh, I mean, like McAllister, also, I think like a main reason a lot of people go there is because like it distinctly, like a lot of the East Coast of art schools have kind of like a they have airs because they're like a lot older and like you know the seven sisters were like directly Mm -hmm. tied to the ivy league so like they kind of have this like prestigious thing going on and like so it like it also attracts people who care about that sort of thing whereas like nobody's heard of McAllister, and like furthermore the people who go there don't really care like they don't like i don't think anyone was like oh this is our college ranking or like oh like were so great like yeah. everyone was just like kind of having a good time and i think that made it a lot better yeah yeah that's nice and what did you actually study there um english literature okay i knew it was some like hoity-toity bullshit because you're always like using, <laughs> you're always like using big words that i have to like ask you what they mean so literally like crepuscular yeah what the fuck like is that? what does that mean yeah what, Who does, says what that? does that mean I literally I don't remember. <laughs> I just like, say it. Like, um, you're gonna like, use it in a sentence. And I just be like, the, cool. Literally, it's like something to do with the body, and like the thing is, like a lot of these words, I don't know like the actual literal definition. I just like know when people use it. Yeah, like and you so know how it could it. be used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what that's what knowing a word really is, right? Like you don't have to know its literal definition. You just have to know how to use it. That's more important. Literally, that's how we all learn to read, and like understand language so exactly yeah i feel like there are so many words that i use on a regular basis that if you asked me to actually define it i would be like um like if you listen to damien's episode when i asked him to define a uh, queer praxis actually ramona can we get a queer praxis definition or, or... It's literally just praxis that's queer like <laughs> if you know you know if you don't know you don't know and like honestly i feel bad for you like <laughs> so true wait that was so much more i feel like that was a, a lot more illuminating than like when when damien and i were trying to like actually give it like a dictionary definition wow i just think you can't think about it too much no like, that's so true you'll literally know if something is queer practice and if you like can't tell then you just need to like get into your intuition or maybe it's just like not for you exactly. like maybe it's just like not something you understand and that's fine Oh my god, wait, that's actually so deep. I feel like that says a lot about, like, our approach to language, our approach to knowledge. Love that. It's, it's like, very intuitive. Exactly. Okay, like, so, me I, drinking a Diet Coke is queer practice, but me brushing my teeth is not queer practice. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. So, when you're at McAllister, so, like, just 
uh, Damien also went to school there, but then you became friends with him when you went to New York, right? Just because you were both there. Yeah, I mean, we were, like, kind of friends, and, like, but we didn't, like, I remember our very first meeting where we actually, like, talked to one another was at, like, reunion right after I graduated, so this was, like, 2017, and we, like, talked, but, like, we weren't, like, once he moved to New York, then we kind of became friends. Okay, yeah, because then, also in New York, one time, I mean, so we were DMing each other... I don't remember exactly, like, how it started, but when, this was, like, before Corona, and I think you told me before that you don't actually remember this, but, like, I worked on, on, like, Broadway and 37th, and then you were somewhere, like, I don't know what, I don't know, you were, like, close-ish, and we were gonna get lunch one time, but then Corona happened, and then it, like, all fell apart, because we were gonna hang out, like, Like (laughs) early on, like, literally at the beginning of 2020, and then all this bullshit I literally don't remember this. Yeah, I know, it's definitely real. I could pull out up the wow, DMs I really like wanna, right like, now. Yeah, I'm like, I really want to search my DMs to, like, find <laughs> those. Like, I hope I wasn't embarrassing. That's when I was like, oh, no, I had come out by then. I feel, like, I feel like we would both read the messages and be like, this is so embarrassing, just because, we like, we didn't know each other at all. So we were probably doing, like, the the really, like, a little bit over-eager, like, excited. I, like, I don't know. <laughs> you, like, like tried too hard. Like, weirdly yeah. friendly. Yeah, like, a bit, like, just yeah. too friendly. <laughs> To, like to an extent that if we were to do it now it'd be like extremely weird like yeah it'd be like okay like why are you like did i make you like, just be normal like, why are you talk- like, yeah literally literally <laughs> so, like are you mad nice. at me like why are you talking like that yeah like, being nice <laughs> is like a sign of being upset that's like actually so true like, like literally everyone go to minnesota that's a minute that's really what that's minnesota what is about it's about being like passive aggressive and like being mad at people but not really knowing how to express it properly Mm-hmm. but then when we actually did the first time we actually did hang out was like when I guess end of 2020 ish because we, that's when we went and like cleared the beach but I don't know like was that we, the first time we hung out yeah I know literally because Isn't remember really the, beach? the first time we ever hung out I met you at a Dunkin I met you and Damien at a fucking Dunkin Donuts in Bed-Stuy oh, yeah. we hopped on the bus rode the bus for an hour or maybe more honestly I don't know to the beach it's, yeah queered reese beach and then rode the bus back and like fucking went to applebee's that was Do actually know the first Praxis. time the first time me and damien like hung out in new york well, well it wasn't the first time but it was like maybe it was the first time damien you'll have to like let me know um but we went to the beach and damien's wallet got stolen oh yeah i remember <laughs> you were telling me about that yikes it was literally awful it was like a, it really ruined the hangout for us I mean, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I feel like that's like so easy to happen at the beach, like because you like when you go swimming and you just leave all your shit like back. I always am like staring back at my stuff to make sure that no one is like going through it. Because how are you supposed to deal with that? Like, what are you supposed to do? You can't just guard it the entire time. It's like a problem. It's a beach problem. When I go to the beach, like I love to swim, so I'm out like near the buoy. I'm like as far as I can be from the beach. I also don't wear glasses, so I'm, like, kind of blind. Like, I literally can't see anything. So, like, I can't even do the thing where I, like, turn and look at the beach. Because, like, I won't see anything. Like, it'll just be, like, a blur. Yeah, I know. I'm, like, extremely blind as hell as well. Like, I just keep my glasses on. Like, if I go to a pool, I'll take them off. 
But, like, if I'm at the beach, like, I literally have to just keep them on because I literally will not be able to function without them. It's I not. love that for you. I want to talk about the vaccine as well because I, okay, how is it that you got the second dose already? Like, this, um, this seems well, like a scam. <laughs> well, it's, like, a perfect storm. Like, um, I made an appointment at, like, one of the New York City, like, FEMA sites or whatever. And then, like, the same day or, like, maybe the day afterwards, like, my doctor's office emailed me and was like, hey, like, you're, you can, like, schedule your appointment now. Um, and so it was, like, a perfect storm. And I was like, okay, like, great. So I, like, went there because they had an earlier appointment, e.g. the next day. They were like, you can come in the next day. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Um, and that was three weeks ago. And then scheduled my second dose. Yeah, I heard that they had, like, this big lottery thing, or, like, not lottery, but, like, it was, like, very chance-based. Like, people were getting notifications when when they could, like, sign up for an appointment or something, and it was, like, all really difficult. Really? I'm, like, I had a shockingly easy, I mean, like, I wasn't thinking of getting vaccinated through my doctor's office at all until they emailed me. I didn't realize, that, like, I could. Um, I'm sure they, like, pulled, they must have had something in their system of, like, pulling people based on, like, medications or, like, diagnosis, mm. diagnoses or something. Um, so, like, otherwise, like, I don't know. Yeah, and, like, the EU, like, really flubbed their rollout. So, like... Yeah, everyone's, like, so... I mean, honestly, I don't really know that much about it because, like, all the news is in German, so I don't know what's going on. But, like... <laughs> One of my, well, actually, Till, who was on, who was on Oomphcast, like, he was telling me that, like, people are so, so, so mad. I mean, I know some things about this, but, like, people are so mad at, like, the rollout in Germany. And, like, I don't even know when I'm going to get it. Like, I have not heard anything about getting it. I don't anticipate getting it anytime soon. Like, it's a big flop. Because I was thinking, like, I'm thinking about coming back to New York in the summer. <gasps> and it, well, like, like, just for a trip, not, like like yeah. living there again or whatever like not right now anyway but I was like oh shit maybe I should try to get the vaccine like while I'm in New York because I genuinely feel like it might be easier to get it in New York on a fucking vacation than it will be to get it here but I don't really know I mean yeah probably by the summer yeah by May 1st they say every American will be able to like schedule an appointment yeah how far apart are the doses three weeks Oh, shit. I don't know if I'm going to be there for three weeks straight. That's a bit much. Oh, yeah. And they say, like, you have to go back to where you got your uh, first dose. Yeah. I can't just, like, get the first one in the U.S. and then go to Germany and be like, <laughs> hey, like, I already got the first one, so you have to give me the second one now. Oh, yeah, I don't God. think they'll do that. Yeah, I'm going to have to wait for a really fucking long time. So I was, I was tweeting today about how... I think I made a book recommendation on the TL and then I was like, wait, none of my followers fucking read. But I feel like you're an exception to that. You actually do read books. <laughs> So what what is your recent, like, reading journey? Um, well, I'm always, I'm a a subscriber to the New Yorker and the London Review of Books. Shout out to them. Except for the New Yorker is being really bad with their negotiations with the union. So actually not shout out, like, shout out to the union. Like, may they win their fair contract. Um, everyone support unions. Workers' rights. Um, literally, worker liberation. Um, London Review of Books, however, I really like them. Um, so I like, I'm always reading those when they come out. And then I usually read one book at a time because 
I don't have the attention span for two. Yeah. Um, so right now I'm reading East of Eden by John Steinbeck. Wait, that's it's like, like a old, play. right? Steinbeck is like an yeah, old... Yeah, it's published in 1962. Okay, yeah. Okay. Do you, do you it's actually like, read fiction? Yeah, like I don't really care about nonfiction. Okay, um, yeah, that makes sense. Like as an, as an English literature major... I'm just, like, more interested in what fiction can do mm-hmm. uh, than nonfiction. Although I'm also reading, like, in air quotes, I'm reading um, <laughs> Manufacturing Consent by Noam Chomsky. Oh, yeah. Um, It's, like, fine. It's just, like, I find this is my problem with, like, nonfiction books like this. It's just, like, first of all, he's not a communist. So, you know, I'm going to be a little... My, my opinion will be tempered by that because we have different aims and, like, uh, like understandings of how the world works. Right. Um, but second of all, it's kind of like once he's said it, it's like, okay, I get it. Like, you don't have to say, like, I don't need to read this whole book. Yeah, no, to, like, that's get so it. true. Like, yeah, nonfiction can be so meticulous, like, to a point that it's not valuable anymore like i understand yeah that if you're if you're gonna write the next book about the same topic then yeah sure you have to meticulously understand it but for the most part like most nonfiction books you could just read like a summary in 15 minutes and get just as much as you need out of it that's what i really found and like i hate to admit that like um i don't know i just like let's just say i'm not in the part place in my life where i'm like regularly reading nonfiction for fun yeah um yeah yeah Let's i feel like there. i feel like <laughs> fiction can be like an experience like i never think of reading nonfiction as being an experience it doesn't feel like it's about the process it's about like what you can actually gain like the knowledge that you can gain from doing it but then the few times when i actually do read fiction it's it's an actual experience or even like poetry which i mean i guess you know whatever i don't is poetry considered fiction i guess it's like literature i guess i mean it's just like poetry versus prose fiction yeah yeah i just like don't think poetry correct me if i'm wrong poets out there because i don't really read poetry that much um like i don't i feel like they don't have the same kind of genre thing i mean they do they was like the epic and like you know I yeah, know. yeah, they have like some sort of like, different types of poems. Yeah, but it's not the same thing as like a genre. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just like more like the form rather than like a genre. Yeah, um, like a topical genre. Mm-hmm. Do you have any particular fiction genres that you're like more interested in than others, or that you find yourself gravitating toward? Um. Well, right now there's like this huge auto fiction craze in English literature. Um, also in Spanish literature, but Spanish literature predates, like, their autofiction craze, I think, predates. I could be very wrong about this. I just remember when I studied abroad, we were talking about autofiction. Which Wait, at what, that what point, is autofiction? I, feel like, I have no clue what that means. So autofiction is, um, like, fiction of the self. So it's, like, basically, like, a big one is, like, Leaving the Atocha Station by Ben Lerner. Or, um... I don't know if you can consider Rachel Cusk autofiction. I feel like it's basically characterized by like, oh, My Struggle by Carl Ognausgaard is like the huge example. It's like a writer pretty clearly writing about themselves, but like claiming it's fiction. And like, like there's still, there's like a, a bit of distance between the writer and like the self 
or like the protagonist that's being portrayed uh, um so they might change like a few details to like it's like very big right now um yeah i feel like that makes which sense i think because, is neither good nor bad yeah it's like a trend i feel like that's i don't know it's kind of interesting to me that that authors are writing about themselves but then they they want to embellish so much that they have to consider it fiction like I'm actually kind of obsessed with that because it's like, yeah, you have yourself. <laughs> like, I feel like this is such a natural tendency of just like people every day. Like, I don't, I feel like I have a tendency to do this. Like take your own actual self, but then just like inflate certain parts of it and make certain parts of it seem like really ridiculous. And then like create these, like mm. this weird little world for yourself. That's like fictional, but like more entertaining than your real life. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, I think this is like probably spawn of creative writing programs in the US, which are all based on the Iowa Writers Workshop model, which like one of the like cliches of that, um, I mean, there's like several like Kill Your Darlings is one of them. Another one is Write What You Know. And I feel like this current autofiction trend is like, we're reaching a bubble and people with MFAs and like all kind of writing what they know, which turns into autofiction. Oh, okay. um which like again i feel like is neither good nor bad like i think well i don't know if mfas are helpful to people i don't have one so if you find it helpful to you please let me know but like i feel like if someone's a good writer it doesn't matter if they have an mfa or not like they'll just be good and like maybe the mfa will help them be better like more thoughtful on how they write but like they'll just be good no matter what um yeah it's not like you need an mfa like it's yeah yeah it's a skill it's not like a set of accolades oh let's talk about other less maybe oh well tragically less serious forms of media i wish that society would be more serious about gaming because you are a self-proclaimed gamer i really am this is um a, a label i really resisted for uh, <laughs> much of my life because i didn't want to <laughs> i didn't want like all the like uh, let's say accoutrement that comes with people being called gamers. Um, but, you but there's bravely... also like a very sizable, yeah. Like there's a, but there's a sizable contention of trans girls who are also gamers. So I'm like proud to join that litany of people. Um... <laughs> yes, you're literally in the trenches, like the gamer trenches. <laughs> no, it's actually brave though because like the gaming community has such you know, a history of being opposed to, like, literally all that is, like, progressive. So, it actually it's is. Very, you kind yeah. of are actually in the trenches, like, period. Kind of, except for, like, I only, like, I don't play, like, I play with strangers, but, like, I'm not, like, on voice chat with them. Like, I'm not, I'm not talking to you. Like, I only talk to my friends. So, like, right. yeah. like, I play Fortnite all the time with, like, several oomphs um Damien among them um wait do you have any other oomphs that you want to mention because then I can um mention them on the Twitter account when we tweet the episode oh my gosh oh yes okay um Damien um quasi Matt um wait we never game together I'm talking about <laughs> oh my like, just my game just well yeah i mean like if it ever is natural to mention oomphs like please mention them by name because then it gives me an excuse to tag them in the tweet and then they might listen to the podcast that's the point oh okay so yeah. well i play with uh, my friend spencer but he has a private twitter account 
but his at is Kirkland Vodka. Okay. Which is very amazing. Yeah, I kind of love that. Um, he should sell it to the brand. Then, quite literally, like <laughs> he's really iconic. Love you, Spencer. Um, who else did game with? Um, Spencer's boyfriend Colby, who's not on Twitter. Or is, but, like, is not really on Twitter. Mm. Um, and then my other friend, Will, but I think he has a private Twitter account. And I think his, I think his Twitter ad is too organic for you, but with, like, the number two and the number four. Of course, yeah. Um, wow, all your friends and are then so Damien. private. They're all, like, hidden Literally. In, in their locked accounts. So sad. Well, these are all people I went to college with. Okay, gotcha. Except for Colby. Colby and I did not go to college, but... What games do you play with them? Fortnite and... Just Fortnite. Literally. Oh my Um... god, I love that. I love that you're like a Fortnite (laughs) supremacist. Other other games literally do not exist. Like, Fortnite's the only one that's necessary. Girl, I literally have 700. I checked recently. I have like 720 hours or something in Fortnite. Um, Are you like, like... Are you really good at it? I feel like I could play it for like 700 hours and still be like fucking awful. So I'm like, I'm, I think the best of our little group, I think. I don't think that's controversial to say, but if anyone wants to argue <laughs> for that, like, if anyone wants you to have, can like, have a it. Like, <laughs> I don't really, well, I hate, see, the thing I love about Fortnite and the thing I've always loved about like playing games, I really like being part of a team. I really like playing with my friends. I always hated competing with my friends i was always like oh like let's play a game where we're all a team and like fortnite we always play squads so like you are on a team and you can like help your friends and stuff yeah but recently i'm not a fortnite supremacist what are you what game are have you moved on to (laughs) well i okay so i last friday um i had a migraine so i was like I'm, like, one of those, like, sickly little children from the Victorian era. Like, if I, like, before the invention of, like, modern medicine, I probably would have died, like, in the Middle Ages. Like, I would have just, like, passed away. Because um, I'm, like, <laughs> like, again, migraines, I, like, asthma, like, just, like, one of those children that you read about. It's, like, oh, they're, like, ill. Um, anyway, so I had a migraine last Friday, and I was, like, let me get Dead by Daylight, because it's only $30 in the Nintendo Switch eShop, which I think is already very chaotic to play, like, a horror game on a Nintendo device. <laughs> um, but it's, like, this game where, once again, you're playing on a team, and there's, like, four survivors, and there's, like, a killer trying to kill everyone, and it's extremely fun. I like it a lot better than Fortnite, because the action, the pace, nonstop, you can't just, like, like, Fortnite, like, there's a lot of, like, lulls, and so you can kind of, like, do something else. But, like, no, Dead by Daylight is, like, you will be dead by daylight. Yeah, it's really fun. Very into it. I've actually never heard of this game before, but now that you say, like, it's kind of strange to play a horror game on a Switch, like, yeah. Like, I'm just picturing, I've never used a Switch before, (laughs) but, like, it literally looks like a toddler's toy. And then you're, like, (laughs) you're, like, playing this, like horrific game on it is it like gory or something i mean it's not super gory but there's like blood it's like playing on a fucking like uh a leapfrog yes no literally that (laughs) um yeah i mean there's like blood and like some of the killers are like like it's like basically being in a horror movie like 
like there's a killer called the Huntress who like sings a lullaby and like some of the maps are indoors so like there's like a lot more echoes and so you'll just be like crouching around like trying to like do a generator like save someone and you'll just hear her like singing and it's just it's very horrifying damn i also didn't know that like okay i don't know anything about like modern gaming i guess like if i had if i was going to become a gamer i would become a pc gamer but i didn't know that you could there was like an e-shop for nintendo switch so like you don't even have to go to like fucking gamestop anymore you can just download like can you download stuff on like a playstation and shit too yeah, like, that's, like, a revolution in gaming. I think with, like, um, well, I don't know if 5G is affecting, like, uh, Wi-Fi, but I think, like, that's going to be a big thing is, like, downloading video. Like, right now, downloading video games takes, like, six to eight hours, depending on how big it is. Like, every time Fortnite has an update for, like, a new season, it takes, like, six hours to download. Damn. Um, yeah, so, like, because games are so big, so, like, a lot of the, like, the new PS5, I think, has, like, a terabyte of storage. Um, Wait, that's, like, more than a because computer, like, right? Yeah. Like, that's more than, like, a normal, yeah. like, desktop computer. Because games are so big, so if right. you're, like, downloading them. But I think I am going to get a PS5 just because, like, it just, like, has a much more powerful CPU than a Switch. But I really love the idea of, like, a gaming laptop for you. I think I could see you being, like... Like, I would follow you on Twitch. I think you'd be so fun. Yeah, I, I Twitch streamed, like, a couple times. But then I, I, like, stopped because I just, like, actually don't, like... I never found a game that I liked. Like, I, I liked streaming, but I didn't like gaming that much. But I feel like I just never found something that, like, worked for me. I think I just need to really, like, go through a bunch of games. But I don't know. I was playing, like... I was trying to play games that, like, don't require, like, really require your attention. They're not, like, live action type of things. They're more, like, oh, I can't remember. Like, they're more, like, puzzle-y, I guess. But they, those yeah. are all, like, fucking boring. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what type of games I like. That's my problem. Honestly, I think, like, I really don't like, like, Animal Crossing, The Sims. Like, I used to like those when I was younger. But, like, I really don't like them now because, like, if I wanted that kind of thing i just read a book you know what i mean like like something that has like no it's not like action oriented or i don't know it's not like exciting it's not exciting i guess because i think like part of yeah it's like a part of the draw of video games is that you get like you know you get some violence you get some like crazy action that's like not possible for real life but like if like why would i play sims when i could just like go walk in the street it's like the same shit (laughs) I think, like, and that's, like, fine. Like, I totally understand that appeal. I just personally, what I want and, like, need from games. Like, sometimes when I'm playing Dead by Daylight, like, I will actually, like, my adrenaline gland or whatever in my heart will, like, <laughs> power up. Like, because it's, like, literally being in a horror movie. It's, like, I love so the term power and, up like, for your fucking... Like, <laughs> my power heart up. will be beating so up fast. Power this horror like, game literally like get hype like at 1am um but yeah i totally like you might like like breath of the wild because that's like running around yeah no i used to love zelda games i would play them on my game boy that's actually a good call but i don't i don't know if i would ever like that's only on switch i think which i don't know if i would ever buy and by that i mean i would like i would never buy it (laughs) (laughs) 
You're, why? Are you like a gaming PC supremacist? Yeah, I just feel like if, I, if I'm going to spend that much money on something, I want it to do more than just games. You know, like to me, that's a, mm-hmm. like buying a Switch is a lot of money to spend on something that I can only use to game, especially because I'm not even really sure I like gaming. Like I want to like gaming. I want to be a gamer so bad. Like every, a lot of people who have known me over the past like two years know that like I have tried to become a gamer on multiple occasions, but like <laughs> I just, you know, it's a big investment for me because I have never really found my my gaming like niche. So yeah. Still searching. That's, I don't think about that. Yeah, I yeah, think like open to recommendations of all kinds. Well, like growing up, I think games were like a big way to like bond with my friends. Um, like I used to go to this daycare every day, actually with Oomph, who I will not shout out, but like <laughs> if you're listening to this, you know who you are. I don't want to blow up his spot like that, even though I don't think he would really care. Um, and we would like we all had like Nintendo DSs, so like, and then we would all get the same game to play. So we'd like all play Mario Kart, or we'd like all play Nintendo. Um, and like that was really really fun and like a way to like bond. And I guess I'm still doing the same thing with video games. Like that's what I really, I think especially during Corona, it was like Fortnite became like a big way for me to like talk to my friends who I couldn't see and like like spencer does not live in new york so like that's like a primary way like me and him like basically hang out yeah wait that's so true i feel like the social aspect of gaming is is maybe what makes it fun for me too because i have like a coworker from when i was working in wisconsin that like just randomly every once in a while and by every once in a while i mean like this has happened like two or three times like he's really into league of legends and like i downloaded it because it's like the only game that you can get on a mac and then we played it together and like called each other and then he was like support and i was like something i don't know like we we chose like characters that we could play together and i'm like way 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 worse than him but it was like so fun to like talk to someone while we were playing and you can like talk about the game yeah. but also not talk about the game yeah i definitely feel like that is the part like being yeah like kind of what you were saying earlier like being on a team with your friends and then just like talking to each other and then the game is like you know, it's facilitating the interaction or whatever, but like it's really about chilling with the gamer pals. Yeah, that's what it's that's about. That's like exactly it. And, and it's like, oh, we get to be in this like alternate reality and like hang out and like blow stuff up. What was that? Um, there's like this really popular open world game. I can't remember what it's called, but you were telling me that you were into it. Um, Skyrim? Yeah, yeah, Skyrim. Because you were saying that you would like you had like a story for your character you were like going (laughs) you were going off on the lore you were perhaps writing your own lore (laughs) world building Um, yeah i mean like so the thing about skyrim and like all the elder schools games and like also modern fantasy like and don't disagree with me because i'm right to the people who listen it's all based on lord of the rings i think it's all derivative from lord of the rings in some way like it's very and like it's not really, like, modern fantasy's fault. Like, Lord of the Rings is, like, amazing and, like, really founded modern fantasy. But, like, no one's doing it like her. And by her, I mean Legolas. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, Skyrim. So, like, I'm... So, I was playing that for a while before I got Dead by Daylight. Um, and then I kind of gave up on it. I guess I just, like, was like, okay, I'll, like, come back to this in, like, you know, a year. Um... 
But yeah, my character, she's a vampire lord, high elf, and she's in the, what is it called? The Dark Brotherhood, which is like a group of assassins. Um, Which she seems like a queen. She literally is. Like, she's like really scary looking. (laughs) Like, her (laughs) eyes are like bright yellow, like, and they like shine out of her face. And like, so like, characters would be like, you're really pale. Like, are you okay? And it's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just a vampire. Um, And I just adopted a kid. Um, yeah, I can't so believe you can, like, single... what relevance could that possibly have to, like, the gameplay? Like, why is it that you can adopt a child? Has, Do they no, follow you not. around? Like... No, like, so I bought a house. I bought, so, like, this is, like, literally queer practice. Like, I assassinated the Emperor, which is, like, part of the Dark Brotherhood, like, quest line. I assassinated the Emperor, and then I used, and then you get, like, $20,000 from that, and I used that money to buy the most expensive house in the game. Um, and then once you have a house, I found this, like, orphan on a farm, and I was like, do you want to, like, can I just adopt you? And he was like, yeah, that'd be great. And so now I, like, come home, and he's like, hi, mom. And then he'll be like, look, I have this, like, new pet, and it's, like, a giant rat. And you're like, I love you. Here's $50. Like, so they just, like, wait at home, and they actually just got a um, house carl, which is, so, like, Skyrim is basically based on Scandinavia, which is, like, my people. Um shout out to denmark or whatever um oh my god i want to go to denmark it's so like actually me too but you like obviously that's like a lot more pragmatic for you yeah anyway <laughs> um what if we like had an oomph meet up in copenhagen i would live for that i'm gonna i have my appointment to get my actual like residence at the end of the month so i should be able to actually travel by april i'm gonna go so ham if you're ever that would be going so to Europe, fun. let me know. I, like, don't... I've never been. I would love to go. Yes. I want to go to so many places here, but I'm, like, dumb as hell and just don't... I'm not, like, a legal resident <laughs> yet, so I can't cross the border because <laughs> they literally uh... won't let me back in. And, like, I, I got a job, too, and, like, there I have to wait before I get my residence, like, permit before I can start my job. It's like a whole, it's a massive mess because I could, I should have done this like so long ago and I just never did it. And then now everyone's <laughs> yeah, You've like, literally been fuck? there for like six months. Yeah, yeah, I've been here for so long and you're supposed to do it within three months. And then now it's to the point where like when I go to my appointment and I don't speak German, they're gonna be like, what the fuck? Like not only have you like waited an illegal period of time before you bothered to do this, but also you've been here for four months and you like can't say like really basic things in German. But, you know, whatever. Okay. We'll, we'll figure it out. Literally, like, I'll be the saying, like, that's all you need to know. Like, wait, what is I don't know. Mean? Goodbye, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. People, people have said that to me. I live in Bavaria, so, like, the, um, like, the colloquial, like, version of bye is just choose. That's, like, what everyone choose? says here. Yeah. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah, I know. It's really fun to say something. Like, and if you want to be, like, fun and quirky and friendly, you say choosy. It's like, choosy. Yeah, it's actually really fun. Like, I kind of love it. Especially because whatever the fuck. What it, yeah, Auf, Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. Yeah, something like that. Like, that's fucking hard. Like, I don't, I don't want to have to do that. Like, choose is so easy. Like, I don't even speak. Like, I never learned other Germanic languages. Um, I did Spanish and stuff. Um, in Argentina, they say chow, 
which I find very like fun. Oh yeah, the, chow. like chow is actually like people say that here too. They've just no, it's very fun. It. Yeah, yeah, no, it actually is fun because no one in America says that. It's like I feel like I'll say it, but it's like kind of tongue in cheek. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like I know no one says this. <laughs> That's like, why I'm, I'm saying it. it. Yeah. Like, I'm being, like, I would love, the quirky girl. Yeah, like, that's... I would love if America had, like, the kiss. Like, the hello kiss, you know? I feel like that would, like, change the entire culture. Like, that would be a shift if we were... Like, we're also, like, paranoid that. about, like, personal space. Like, we have, like, acres of personal space around us. And so when you say hello to someone... I mean, obviously, during the COVID era, that's not really a thing. But, like... You know, when we're all vaccinated, like yeah, a little true. like heck, like hello. Yeah, because everyone in America, well, yeah, I, I think this is true. Like everyone in America, it, just in general, is like really obsessed with like space. I mean, like mm-hmm. when it, even when it comes to like real estate and shit, because like everything is so yeah, yeah, so spread out, and like people like don't want to live in well, some people like don't want to live in cities because they don't want to like use public transportation. Because I I have this like. I think that taking public transportation and like living in a city and having to share space with people is like how it's a really easy way to like learn in an intuitive way that you need to like give a fuck about people. And I think that like Mm. people who just grow up in a small town and they take a car everywhere and the only time they really ever share space is like a classroom or something like that. Like they don't really pick up on the fact that like other people exist and that they need to like accommodate their needs in some way. Like, I just feel like you get a whole separate set of, like, conventions when you live in a city about, like, how you need to be cognizant of, like, other people's existence, basically. I think that's, like, I think, like, and, like, I think the reason that, like, I don't think it's, like, specifically, like, small towns or, like, you know, rural areas. I think it's specifically because of the car. Like, I think people, like like if you live in like really any city outside of like New York and like the like the Northeast Corridor which is like the ones that have like more robust public transit and like I guess the Bay Area um mm-hmm. I just think like cars like really like you know people who take cars as their primary transport like house like the store work and, like, that's kind of it. And, like, maybe, like, a restaurant or whatever. And I feel like the transit time in between, like, I really value, like, being on public transit, like, seeing people out and about and, like, interacting with the world that way. And, like, yeah, I think if you're in a car, I think, like, what you said, like, it's really... I feel like the car has, like, done a lot to, like, really isolate people. And I think, like, it's one of the reasons why, like, a lot of Americans feel really lonely and, like, kind of cut off from, like, community. Mm-hmm. It's, like, one, like neoliberal economic policy is like neoliberalization of the u.s generally has like kind of destroyed kinship and like communal bonds and like organizations and you like the car like people like you know i don't know yeah yeah no it's definitely true because i also feel like like you could think of cars as being a way that you interact with other you know like i don't know i guess when you walk around in a pedestrian area, it it is in some ways similar to driving a car, but the fact that you're, like, veiled behind this, like, massive machine that's, like, much more powerful than you ever could be, like, as a person, I don't I think it, like, changed, like, you don't, when you, when you're driving around, you don't think of the other cars on the road as, like, people, like, you don't think of them in the same way that you encounter, like, people 
that are you no, know, exactly. pedestrians. Yeah. And so like you interact with people in this like incredibly impersonal way, which, yeah, I think like I agree with you. I think it is more about the car um, and like not taking public transportation or like living in yeah. a walkable area than it is about like, yeah, being in a rural area necessarily. But I also don't want to like oversell it because I think like particularly how people treat um, the homeless and like other people who like are panhandling on the subway can be like so inhumane and like so dehumanizing in a way I find pretty upsetting. So like, and I feel like that is like a response to seeing human suffering as like to create this like distance, like dehumanize the other person instead of like grasping that like, you know, we live in a world that is like causing these people to not have resources that they need to survive. And like, I don't think the appropriate response to that is anything other than like compassion. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. Yeah. Like there are plenty of opportunities that are presented like, yeah. I mean, in urban settings, really in any settings that like aren't that people generally don't learn from that they could like, yeah, it's not like everyone is ta- like, yeah. wow, what a beautiful opportunity to like learn to be compassionate about like, yeah. I mean, that's like incredibly romantic. Yeah. yeah it's like somewhere in the middle before. Wait. So I don't know how exactly we got here, but we were talking about gaming before because you were talking about Skyrim. Um, so you were, talk- uh, you were talking about so- how, uh, like, Skyrim is based off of, like, Nordic countries or something, which I did not know. Yeah, it's, like, basically, I think it would probably the, like, Norway and Sweden. Um, so any, oh, right, because I have a house, Carl. So my child that I leave at home, I'm just like, okay, like, he's not unsupervised. Like, I have, like, this, her name is Yardis the Sword Maiden. Um, she's like this blonde, like <laughs> warrior lady. And I'm like, okay, she's like babysitting while I'm like going off into like killing dragons and like fighting witches or whatever. But I'm like currently looking for a wife in the game to like raise my beautiful child like with. But I want it to be like very natural. I don't want to like Google how to. I'm like, like, I don't want to, like, Google and be like, okay, this is the wife I'm going to pick. I want it to be, like, in the natural progression of me playing this game, I meet a yeah. character who I can make my wife. Because the one who I really wanted to make my wife is, her name is Serana. She's, like, another vampire. But you can't marry her, which is, like, such a bummer. I love that you want the lore to, like, organically develop. Like, you can't use Google. Like, it's it's not canon, if it didn't happen, yeah. <laughs> if it didn't happen naturally, Literally. like you're creating um. like an actual because I don't like when I used to game, like I wouldn't even read the like NPC dialogue. I'm like the opposite. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll be like, fuck the plot. Like I don't care. <laughs> and you're like, you're not well, only like reading all of the dialogue, but you're like constructing new narratives on top of it. Like you kind Literally. of gaming. like that's literally queering gaming. I've always done this too. Like when I was a kid and I was like, I used to be obsessed with Harry Potter. Um, and like, I, I remember this as like a distinct thing. Like other kids would be like, oh, I'm, I am Harry Potter, which is like power to them. But to me, I was like, no, like I'm my own like creation of like who I would be if I went to Hogwarts. And like, I would do that for like Naruto or like Pokemon or like literally anything. I'd be like, okay, this is how I would operate in this world. And now it's kind of the same thing of like, Except for, like, I'm not, like, oh, I'm literally this, like, high elf lady, but, like, this is, like, her story. And, like, so she's, like, a vampire, a cool customer, very, like, kind of chill and, like, evil, you know, it's an archetype. And then I want her wife to be, like, 
not that like, like yes. kind of like fiery they have and to like balance each maybe other like out. yeah like you know like maybe a little more sweet like i really like this idea of like the sweet one and like my character is the mean one but like heart of gold because she adopted a child and didn't kill him you, you can't actually kill children in skyrim um that's so woke of them just sometimes wait that yeah like really just i don't know just me using the word woke made me think of this so i tweeted off of the oomphcast account and i was like someone who has the range to talk about gamergate please come on do you have the range to talk about gamergate i don't but I, i'm literally no and i think it's <laughs> i literally like i remember when it was happening kind of being like what's this about and like reading an article and then promptly like i was like i don't remember like i like i have i have no idea i know there's like there's like a good side that you like should agree with and like a bad side of like the bad things that you shouldn't agree with but i don't i don't remember i probably should like know more about it i feel like Um, i have the exact same experience where like i heard about it and i looked it up and i read like an article or two about it and i was like okay i get it and then now i'm like i don't really know because wait so this this happened i don't know if this is what is labeled as gamergate but like basically gamers got mad because game developers were like making an effort to include like characters with marginalized identities in their games and then the gamers were like no like stop this is not like this doesn't belong in gaming like just don't Uh, don't politicize gaming is that gamergate or is that an entirely separate phenomena phenomenon i don't know i think gamergate might have been like more i thought it was like a targeted harassment campaign of a woman for like gaming oh like they were literally like women are not allowed to game and then they got mad at like, like women for gaming. Women can't have opinions about gaming or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, whatever. That, uh, that also sounds that, real. Like, well, like I don't want to minimize. Like, you know, I hope that whoever, if this is true, whoever that is, I hope they're like doing okay. Um, but yeah, there's like various controversies like that. I just like not that I ignore them, but I kind of am just like I don't want this to like take away something I really enjoy doing. So I'm just like not gonna engage. Yeah, it's yeah, just like exactly. so obviously like stupid. It's like so obviously like everything that's political, like having like you know diverse expressions and gaming is like a good thing. But like I don't know, it's just like so dumb. It's like there's like no like argument there. Like there's nothing complex about it. It's just like you're just being like an asshole. Like I don't know. Yeah, I I feel like I like I'm really interested in like gamer as an I like being. A, a gamer as an identity like you know as a political like people who have a political or i guess a political or anti-political stance which is also a political position but whatever like you know they they associate <laughs> being a gamer with like l- certain beliefs that they hold and I'm, I'm like very interested in that intersection but then sometimes i forget that like no some people just like fucking like playing video games and it's not that deep like <laughs> no not that empty yeah uh, well <laughs> Like, not everyone that's playing think, video like, games, like, is intensely problematic and, like, drinks Mountain Dew and has Doritos, like, every day. I would love a Dorito. Um, Same. No, I totally, like, am with you. Like, I think, like, I don't know. I Like, I actually haven't really thought about that this, this that much of, like, gamer culture and, like, gamer politics. Like, the politics of gaming. But, like, like trans girls like there's a sizable contingent of us who game. And I think that's something to do with, like, being more, like, reclusive 
this is obviously a generalization, but like there's like mm-hmm. a certain reclusiveness I think that some of us have, and like gaming is like a good way to pass the time. Um, but like I'd be really interested in like who like what's the politics of like what games you do play, like what you choose, like because I think it's like quite a few trans girls really like dark souls which is like a really hard game to play like it's really really hard it's like very unbalanced i've never played it um but presumably i'll love it um or like there's also like dead by daylight like you know like that game i've heard is like a gay game and like okay like so like why first of all is that true second of all like what about this game draws like a lot of gay people to it is it like i don't know i just think that's really interesting um yeah, because I've yeah. seen memes and, like, things online about how, like, gay people always pick the same characters in, what what is that, like, Mario game where you all fight each other? Oh, Super Smash Brothers? Yeah, yeah. Like, people will be, like, I don't know, I've seen memes about it, how, like, all the gays pick Princess Peach or something. Or, like, Rosalina, or, yeah. Yeah, and there's, like, all these stereotypes. But, yeah, I don't really know, like, how, how does that originate? I guess, like... Something about, like, a fantasy world seems like queer praxis. Like, just, like, an, a really, really mm. obnoxiously fantasized, like, very hyper-unrealistic environment. I don't know why. Yeah, and, I mean, like... Like, super I remember as I a guess. kid... Yeah, and, like, I think, like, uh, there's something, like... Like, I remember when I picked, when Pokemon Sapphire came out, I picked the girl character, um, and I named her Mary um because that's one of the suggested <laughs> names and like for me that was an expression of like this interior like womanhood that I was like like not really grasping yet and I'm like curious like what like because so for me like that's why I always chose the girl I was like because I'm a girl like but like people don't know that yet but like I'm gonna play as a girl mm-hmm. like my Super Smash Brothers character I always played as was Kirby who's really an a like an age under a little blob um i love kirby um but like i'd be curious like what like yeah like what you were saying about the origin of like people always picking like peach or whatever yeah we need we need like a gamerologist or something like fuck fuck economic game theory we need like real game theory like gamer theory (laughs) like the sociology literally the sociology of gaming we need a sociologist any phd sociologist want to come on here and talk about gaming <laughs> hit me up actually i feel like, like literally i would talk to a phd sociologist about like anything i mean i don't even know if that you know having a formal education in sociology like what that actually if that would change the conversation but i feel like i want sociologists to just tackle like every possible topic and just like make it way deeper than it actually is or maybe yeah i think like how deep it actually is well like, that's what i've been thinking about with games like thinking about them like a big craze and like literary uh, literary studies it's like especially like postmodern theories treating like everything as a text um it's so, like treating games as a text like i think like like that's why i don't like uh rpgs really like i was playing fire emblem three houses and like one like i don't think that's like a really a game that really like goes with like how i like games and two the story i was like if i wanted a story i would just read a book like i don't want a story that's that's not what i'm coming to games for i don't care about the story so like like you want to create i just i would love like you want a skeleton yeah like yeah yeah like give me some bones and i'll make a skeleton like i'll do that like i can fantasize in my head but like i would love some like 
because I've heard about like The Last of Us is like apparently like has an amazing story, and so like I'm really excited to play that to like find out like if that's true or if it's, <laughs> or if it's just like you can re- a regular it, like give it a review. Yeah, as as I do. Um, but yeah, I'm like I'm interested in like theories theories of gaming. Literally, can someone create like a book or like something take gaming more seriously study gaming i feel like this is definitely being done like we just haven't encountered it i know we're just like (laughs) we're like oh my god this is revolutionary like (laughs) Like, someone someone please take it seriously meanwhile like there's a paper from like 1970 where someone is like literally like going ham like you're just going (laughs) yeah yeah they're like they're talking about like tron and like pac-man and stuff and they're like you don't even know like like how how the like how queer people are using Pac-Man to explore I don't even fucking know. Like whatever. I'm sure it exists though. I love notions that... of embodiment or something. <laughs> exactly. I love how we spent like I feel like a good what, maybe forty to fifty percent of our time was spent talking about gaming. That's like actually really iconic. I, I love, love that, that for us. Because I wanted something I really wanted do. to just Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. But I'm so interested in it. Like like I was saying, like, I do want to be a gamer and I'm obviously interested in like, like, I don't know the things that you were saying, like, how can gaming be deeper than it is? Like, what does it mean to game in a certain way? Why do people game in a certain way? Like, Literally. I'm obsessed, especially because I like, I wanted to have like an episode with a gamer. And I feel like we just unintentionally just had that episode. I mean, I, I definitely want another, like, I want all the gamer perspectives. So all gamers. Yeah. Slide but into it's just the Oomcast. Yeah, but it's just became like Oomphcast Gamer Edition. It's just, oh my god, we have like a segment where no matter who the guest is, I like ask them about gaming. <laughs> I would love that. I think that'd be so interesting of like why people, like I'd love to hear like why people like don't play video games. So like I think that's like one of the, like personally, I think that's one of the best things about like the age, the information age that we're in is like this ability to like fully like just like enter another world and like have a modicum of control over it mm-hmm. like i just think that's so interesting and like so cool that i get to experience that um so I'd be curious like no like you know reasons people don't like game or, yeah i get like i mean the inverse of what you just said would be like to play a game and then have all of this control and then return back to the real world and like feel even more or less powerful i guess more powerless oh that's than you did before it could be just like really i mean some people might just be like i don't find it like i mean that's kind of where i am i I just feel like i just don't find it fun like i would rather consume literally any other form of media (laughs) like i mean that's not entirely true but like i you know i just like haven't ever gamed out and been like oh my god that was the best thing ever but i feel like gaming as a social experience is something that i now feel that i need to explore more okay it's literally so fun, like, and it goes both ways. It's like I played a game this morning. I played a Dead by Daylight. I'm like very addicted to Dead by Daylight right now, so I'm like, oh, I have an hour. Let me just like play like five <laughs> games. Um, but I think this morning uh, there was like someone, like you can both be like, oh my gosh, like this person was so good. I feel like at like, and like I'm really interested too because like Dead by Daylight, like you don't you can't really chat to anyone. So, like, the way they communicate is, like, you spam the crouch button, and that's how you show that you're, like, hey, like, 
like we're besties <laughs> like and then like you like crouch and like someone literally like helped me do one of the challenges by like giving me some like they gave me something that helped me complete it and like they didn't have to do that it was like really nice and then like conversely like when people are like horrible at the game or like just like mess it up for you you can like be mad at them like <laughs> there's like a new it's form like of a... communication like the non-verbal yeah, communication but it's... but it's not even like you're literally using a character in a game yeah and like you're limited by what the game has decided like you can yeah. do wow i feel like people are gonna listen to this and think that you're like a gamer but like literally if we didn't like if i didn't bring up gaming to you i never would like be like oh yeah ramon is a gamer yeah i'm like i don't i think well for a long time i was embarrassed about it but like now i think I, i'm like a normal like oh yeah like that's something i do in my free time like yeah like it's like, but yeah like normal. i don't think i have that aura yeah you're you don't seem like you're like a crazy gamer or something i mean not that like gamers are crazy god damn it okay <laughs> um so at the end of every episode i always give people like the opportunity to plug their stuff so your twitter handle will be the title of the podcast but is there anything else that we should check out i mean i wrote something after sophie died on medium that you can read but like also don't read that if you yeah it's pinned on my twitter and my instagram but like uh my instagram's private because it's only for my besties um i mean like you don't have to read that if you're like sad or like don't want to be sad um but like it was just after she died and that was how i expressed that and Hopefully something else soon. I'm, like, trying to write, like, a story and have that published. But that's all. Yes. Okay. So Twitter for now. Maybe more to come in the future. And probably if people follow you on Twitter, then they can find that stuff when it does happen. So exactly. That's all you need. True. Twitter's the center of the universe. It's how humans connect <laughs> in the modern day. So as long as you do that, you'll be able to catch up with Ramona for the rest of eternity. Quite literally. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for being on, Ramona. It was good to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'll be the same. <laughs> Cheers.